OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello, OT geniuses. I hope that you all are doing great. Welcome to another episode. We have Dr. Sorrentino on today from Dominican College over in New York. I am really excited to have her on because she has a very unique role. And she is not only a professor at the university for occupational therapy, but she also is a pre-OT advisor. So she is going to be able to give us some input on the application process. And I'm really excited to see what she has to say. We're going to learn a little bit about Dominican College as well. So without further ado, Dr. Sorrentino, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. (laughs) And I'm just, again, thank you so much for being on. I am, you know, just grateful. And I know that just having you on is going to bring a lot of value to students who are listening and just even help them decide from what schools they should apply to. Is this a profession that I should maybe go into? Is this whole OT thing even for me? Because I think those are all just very important questions. And so that's the goal. And I just want to thank you for jumping on and being a part of that. So, Dr. Sorrentino, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and your role at the university? Yeah, definitely. So I am a professor here and I teach uh, two classes that are in the later sequence of our program. I teach adulthood and I teach maturity. So if you attend our program, you'll have me kind of later on within the program. But I'm also the pre-occupational therapy advisor, which means... If you express interest in our program or you apply to Dominican College with an interest in the pre-OT track, then you get referred to me and I'm there to help you as you transition throughout that period, meaning I support you kind of planning those prerequisites, determining what prerequisites um, you can take and when you should take them in order to get you where you need to be as you apply to our program, kind of what year you're interested in applying to. Sometimes we have students who have a ton of prereqs done and they're ready to apply for the most immediate cohort, but we also have students who have a ton of prereqs left. So we plan on how we can take them so that they're able to be in which cohort they would like to be in and they're not just missing one prerequisite and then need to wait a time period before they apply. Awesome. And I'm just curious to know, because... I just kind of want to touch upon this a little bit on this episode as far as prerequisites go. Sometimes, you know, we were talking a little bit before and there's a sequence sometimes to how you take the prerequisites and some, and you also got to think about when you're applying, 
I always tell students that sometimes narrowing the schools that you want to go to down is actually going to be in your best interest because when you're applying to too many schools, that's when all the prerequisites can start getting jumbled up. And that's maybe when you can just start applying to schools that you don't even meet the requirements for. And then you're wondering, well, why didn't I get accepted? I applied to like 15 different programs, which I've heard and <laughs> nothing and nothing happened. So can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on just, I guess, what are prerequisites and what prerequisites do you really, I guess, just in your opinion, really think create a very strong foundation for a, a student going into occupational therapy? Like what classes should a student really be thinking of to start the process of getting into occupational therapy school? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of schools do have some pretty similar prerequisites that we require, such as AMP 1 and 2 and physics and psychology, I think, and statistics. I think in general, a lot of schools require those. And I think certain schools have certain prerequisites that are unique to them, such as we require neuroscience and not all schools require neuroscience. But I think for us too, we look a lot at those science classes. And I think AMP 1 and 2, as well as physics and psychology, I think are really important foundations for OT programs and OT schools. So as a student, I would definitely kind of focus in on those as you're taking them. That's interesting. I'm just curious to, okay. So, you know, just on my opinion, like, you know, like my experience, I didn't, one of the requirements that was not required of me it was, was physics. I did not have to take physics. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that was me. So when I started OT school though, I did take a neuro class that was required to get in. I also did take a kinesiology class that mm-hmm. was required to basically just get in just as a supplemental course for myself and my own knowledge. And I know that that helped me a lot. And so I'm just curious because some students may be wondering, well, why do I need to take physics? Am I really even going to need it as an OT? And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. And and I think physics too is not, I think it's one or the other. Schools either require physics or they require chem. For some reason, that seems to be the interchangeable too. We require physics and that needs to be done before your first trimester, which is the summer trimester, where you're in our pre-OT phase, where you take intro to OT and kinesiology. And that's why we require physics. They really support your transition into kinesiology and understanding that piece and mechanics and how everything works together. So I think that's why physics is is really supportive in that aspect, more of the biomechanical piece. Yeah, for sure. I agree. The kinesiology course that I took gives you a lot of that foundation too, but you definitely, I think, need something to give you that like that supplemental way of thinking about just levers and just yeah. <laughs> so and force and all of that stuff mm-hmm. just because it's part of biomechanics and knowing how the body actually moves a little bit more practical, so to speak, if you, if you actually do look at it that way, you know? um, So, but thank you for that input. I just kind of wanted to pick your brain there a little bit because, you know, I I like that you said that, oh yeah, no, physics is one of those things that you have to take. And so, yeah, I think it does give you a really good foundational piece once you are taking more of the biomechanical classes. And once you are really in the program, it just gives you that solid foundation that you need. So Dr. Sorrentino, I was just wondering if you could briefly just tell us a quick intro about 
Dominican college, such as where is it located? And, you know, like in general, do you perceive that the school is looking for in their students? And could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So we have a great location. We are in New York. The town that we're in is Blaubelt, New York. So we are about 20 miles north of New York City. And if you're familiar with New Jersey, we're about three or four miles north of Bergen County, New Jersey. Our students, it's a weekend program, which we can touch upon a little bit later. But because of that, we have students who come from all over the place. Obviously, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. We have had students who fly in because it is this program that is run on the weekends in in terms of when you need to be here on campus. So we have students from quite a various locations, which is really nice. There are hotels local, which definitely help. In terms of our, our student population, both the undergrad as well as our graduate students, we look a lot at students who have volunteer work, who kind of immerse themselves within the community, who are involved with their families and friends that have that support and are giving back. That's really important for our students. We look at students who volunteer their time, who do observation hours when possible in OT. We know right now with COVID, it's been such a challenge for students to get those observation hours and that volunteer time. But it is definitely something we we look for in our students and is supported here at Dominican. Yeah, it definitely has been, I know, a challenge for for many (laughs) students. And one of the things that I personally now have been doing is offering virtual observation hours to preoccupational therapy students. And we basically do a case study and it's completely HIPAA compliant, right? It's just, there's no info just aside from this patient is dealing with this. They don't know where the even geographic location. Uh, it could even be a case study from one of my friends that, like, that they found interesting. And so we just yeah. talk about it. And then what would I do as an OT? Like if what would a session, if you were with me, what would that session look like? And let's talk about the rationale, maybe why I would do this activity or why would I maybe say this thing to the patient or whatever it is just to kind of also expose preoccupational therapy students to more of a critical thinking piece that is very central to being an occupational therapist. You know, I think that obviously like not every patient is going to be the same just because it's maybe a child with autism, right? Or a cerebral palsy case. Like it's not just like, well, this is what we do as OTs and this is the Mm -hmm. protocol that we follow for a child with cerebral palsy or this is the activities that you should be doing with a child with autism. Like every child's needs, for example, are so different. And the same thing goes for orthopedics. And so it's all just so different. And I just also want to provide students with that critical thinking piece. And so Mm -hmm. any students still looking for observation hours, Check out the website or you could go to the Instagram page where I'm at at OT Genius and you can find those observation hours there. So volunteer work, observation hours, and I'm curious to just maybe hear your perspective as a pre-OT advisor. What would you say are some of the most common mistakes that you see applicants make? Yeah, I think the basic one is honestly students just not following the instructions on OTCAS. I think, you know, in terms of essays that different schools require and just really reading that, um, it seems to get some students caught up. And, and I think that's important because 
we want students who are kind of reading basic instructions and following step-by-step instructions. That's an important piece for us. Another thing that's unique to our school is that we require students to apply to Dominican College itself and then do the OTCAST application or do it simultaneously. But when you apply to our college in the pre-OT track, what it does is our graduate admissions department looks at all of your transcripts and sees what classes we're taking as our prerequisites and shows us what you have left to take. And they give you what's called a credit evaluation. And it's a piece of paper that has everything lined out on it, showing you exactly what we're taking and what you have left. And it's a great checklist, especially if you have a couple of prerequisites left to take. It's a really nice outline. And even if it's not a time period to apply, let's say it's not our OTCAS application period, you can still apply to the college and look at what prerequisites you have left and we'll kind of help you along the way in getting you prepared for that OTCAS application. And the other thing we see too is students who just don't seem to finish the application on, on OTCAS. You know, you have to double check to make sure your transcripts have gone through and that you did complete the application completely and that it's been submitted. And that is just something that I think it happens from time to time, but you need to go back and kind of check in on that and making sure that it has been completed properly. Yeah, I've seen uh, <laughs> students think that just because maybe they input the grades onto OTCAS and the course codes and all that stuff that they're done. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to order it. <laughs> like, and yes. Make sure that it's sent over. So yeah, that definitely too. So attention to detail, guys, follow those basic instructions, yeah. you know, and that's why you have people like Caitlin and people like myself that are willing to guide you through the process. So take advantage of that. And if you're applying to Dominican College, you know who to get in touch with. As you can see, she is amazing and I'm sure going to guide you in the right direction to make that possible for you. Any other last words of wisdom? Um, you know, I think as basic as it is, just don't be hesitant to call and reach out and get that support that you need from whichever school you're applying to. For a lot of students, this is your first time applying to graduate programs, or maybe it's your first time doing an OCCAS application. At no matter which school you're applying to, there is somebody there to help you along the way. Um, if you are applying to Dominican, I'm here to help you. And there's no question that you should feel embarrassed to ask or feel silly to ask. You might as well ask it and make sure that it's done the proper way so that we're able to get your application in. Um, and we're here to kind of give you any support that you need in the, in the interim. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, yeah. please do not be hesitant to get the help that you need. It's if you stay quiet, then, and I'll just say this much too, it, you're probably not going to be the only one with the question that you have. So, and so if you're in class and you want to, if you're in a group setting, right, and you raise your hand and ask that question, it could help others. So just think about it like yeah. that. And I just want to say thank you and have you back on again for a part two. And mm -hmm. like that, we can dive more into, uh, into all the cool things that Dominican College is doing and get to learn more about that program. And so uh, again, thank you so much. And we will touch base soon. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. 
One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-EOTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs, current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.